Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be Alma chapter 44. This is a continuation of the battle with Moroni and the Lamanites. Um, and so let's get into it. Verse 1, And it came to pass that they did stop and withdrew a pace from them. Remember that the, the Nephites have surrounded the Lamanites on both sides of the river Sidon. And so now Moroni has put a stop to the fighting for just a little bit. Here, let's see what happens. And Moroni said unto Zarahemna, Behold, Zarahemna, that we do not desire to be men of blood. Ye know that ye are in our hands, yet we do not desire to slay you. Behold, we have not come out to battle against you, that we might shed your blood for power. Neither do we desire to bring any one to the yoke of bondage. But this is the very cause for which ye have come against us. Yea, and ye are angry with us because of our religion. Verse 3, Now, But now ye behold that the Lord is with us, and ye behold that he has delivered you into our hands. And now I would that ye, sh ye should understand that this is done unto us because of our religion and our faith in Christ. And now ye see that ye cannot destroy this our faith. Little Maxwell said, Lest we think that the lot of a disciple is likely to be one in which he comes calmly to the cross and then carries it lightly to his own Calvary, there are... Uh, there are the sober words of Moroni, whose efforts to bring about peace illuminated the basic and deep differences between the Lamanites and the Nephites so clearly, and with such pathos that Moroni finally exclaimed, Ye are angry with us because of our religion. It is a reminder of John's words, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Brigham Young said the sectarian priests are angry because they are afraid that their religion is nothing but a sandy foundation fabric, and whenever they meditate upon the subject and humble themselves, and the Spirit of the Lord finds its way to their hearts and convicts them, the truth then is made manifest before them, and they begin to learn the falsity of their systems, and when that spirit leaves them, they become angry. Mormonism is declared to be true by hosts of witnesses, and this makes the priests angry. For this gospel bears its own weight and testimony, and they know not how to gainsay it. True, I have aimed, at, aimed to point out their errors, but it is not you or me that, ha that they are opposed to. Although they throw their darts at us, but it is the spirit of conviction that goes with the report of this work. For wherever it goes, it strikes conviction to the heart, and that is what disturbs the priests and the people. John Taylor said, Many who have got angry with us, but that is nothing new. The wicked have always shown anger when the gospel of Jesus Christ has been upon the earth. Many have tried to stay the progress of the work of God, but it has continued to roll on in spite of all the opposition with which it has had to contend. <clears throat> the prophet saw a little stone cut out of the mountain without hands, and it continued to roll and smote the feet of the, of the image made of clay, brass, silver, gold, and iron, <clears throat> and it became as the chaff of the summer threshing floor. But the little stone grew and increased until it became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. It will be so with this stone, which God has hewn out of in these last days, and though men may combine to stay its progress, and may set themselves in array against the Lord and his anointed, yet he will come out of his hiding place, and will vex such people and nations, and he will overturn and overturn until truth shall prevail the wide world over, and until his kingdom shall reach from the rivers to the ends of the earth, until all men shall bow to the scepter of Emmanuel, until the wicked shall be rooted from the earth, and his kingdom shall be established and given to his saints to possess forever and ever. 
verse 4. Now ye see that this is the true faith of God. Yea, ye see that God will support and keep and preserve us so long as we are faithful unto him and unto our faith and our religion. And never will the Lord suffer that we shall be destroyed except we should fall into transgression and deny our faith. And now, Zarahemna, I command you in the name of that all-powerful God who has strengthened our arms, that we have gained power over you by our faith, by our religion, and by our rites of worship, and by our church, and by the sacred support which we owe to our wives and our children, by that liberty which binds us to our lands and our country, yea, and also by the maintenance of the sacred word of God to which we owe all our happiness, and by all that is most dear unto us. Abraham Lincoln said, This love of liberty which God has planted in us constitutes the bulwark of our liberty and independence. It is not our frowning battlements, our bristling sea coasts, our army and our navy, our defenses in the spirit which prizes liberty as the heritage of all men in all lands everywhere. Destroy this spirit, and we have planted the seeds of despotism at our very doors. Verse 6, Yea, and this is not all, I command you by all the desires which ye have for life that ye deliver up your weapons of war unto us, and we will seek not your blood, but we will spare your lives if ye will go your way and come not against us to war against us. So that's showing Moroni's magnanimity, magnan, whatever that word is, his his humbleness, his kindness, his mercy to them. Um, magnanimity, magnan, yeah, it's easy for me to say. Uh, he was magnanimous. There you go. Um, showing that he doesn't really want to kill everybody. He just wants to stop the battle and he's willing to even let them go back home. Um, and so that's, uh, that shows the greatness of Moroni. Uh, verse 7, Now if ye do not this, behold, ye are in our hands, and I will command my men that they shall fall upon you and, and inflict wounds of death in your bodies, that ye may become extinct. And then we will see who shall have power over this people. Yea, we will see who shall be brought into bondage. And now it came to pass that when Zerahemna had heard these sayings, he came forth and delivered up his sword and his scimitar and his bow into the hands of Moroni, and said unto him, Behold, here are our weapons of war. We will deliver them up unto you, but we will not suffer ourselves to take an oath unto you, that which we know that we will break, that we shall break, and also our children. But take our weapons of war, and suffer that we may depart into the wilderness. Otherwise we will retain our swords, and we will perish or conquer. Behold, we are not of your faith. We do not believe that it is God that has delivered us into your hands. But we believe that it is your cunning that has preserved you from our swords. Behold, it is your breastplates and your shields that have preserved you. Henry B. Eyring said, You can best understand how the thus we see passages work by looking at an example in which one person could see and one could not. You remember the time Captain Moroni had an army cornered? He could have slaughtered them, but instead he offered them freedom and their lives if they would surrender their arms and take an oath of peace. Now Zarahemna had solid evidence from the proposition that something beyond human power had him where he faced annihilation. But did he see what Moroni saw, looking at the same set of facts? You remember his response, we are not of your faith. He could not see the true connection between his, because his heart was not soft enough, not changed enough, that the Holy Ghost could show it to him. Verse 10, And now when Zarahemna had made an end of speaking these words, Moroni returned the sword and the weapons of war which he had received unto Zarahemna, saying, Behold, we will end the conflict. Now I cannot recall the words which I have spoken, therefore as the Lord liveth, ye shall not depart, except ye depart with an oath, that ye will, ye will not return again against us to war. Now as ye are not now as ye are in our hands, we will spill your blood upon the ground, or ye shall submit to the conditions which I have proposed. And now when Moroni had said these words, Zerahemna retained his sword, and he was angry with Moroni, and he rushed forward that he might slay Moroni. 
But as he raised his sword, behold, one of Moroni's soldiers smote it even to the earth, and it broke by the hilt. And he also smote Zarahemna, that he took off his scalp, and it fell to the earth. The question might be raised as to whether or not the scalping of the Lamanite leader Zarahemna might have led to the scalping tradition of the American Indian. However, recent evidence would seem to indicate the American Indian did not have a scalping tradition until after the coming of the white man, that is, until the 17th century AD. Apparently, it was the white man who started the scalping custom, when some of the early colonists offered money for the scalps or hair of dead Indians. In order to get even with the evil white men who killed Indians just for their scalps, in much the same way as they would kill a buffalo for its hide, the Indians started to kill and scalp the white men in return. Continuing verse 12, And Zarahemna withdrew from them, from before them into the midst of his soldiers. And it came to pass that the soldier who stood by, who smote off the scalp of Zarahemna, took up the scalp from off the ground by the hair, and laid it upon the point of his sword, and stretched it forth unto them, saying unto them with a loud voice, Even as this scalp has fallen to the earth, which is the scalp of your chief, so shall ye fall to the earth, except ye, ye will deliver up your weapons of war, and depart with a covenant of peace. Now there were many... When they heard these words, and saw the scalp which was upon the sword, that were struck with fear. And many came forth, and threw down their weapons of war at the feet of Moroni, and entered into a covenant of peace. And as many as entered into a covenant, they suffered to depart into the wilderness. Again, how kind are they? Now it came to pass that Zarahemna was exceedingly wroth, and he did stir up the remainder of his soldiers to anger, to contend more powerfully against the Nephites. And now Moroni was angry because of the stubbornness of the Lamanites, therefore he commanded his people that they should fall upon them and slay them. And it came to pass that they began to slay them, yea, and the Lamanites did contend with their swords and their might. But behold, their naked skins and their bare heads were exposed to the sharp swords of the Nephites. Yea, behold, they were pierced and smitten, yea, and did fall exceedingly fast before the swords of the Nephites. And they began to be swept down, even as the soldier of Moroni had prophesied. Now Zarahemna, when he saw that they were all about to be destroyed, cried mightily unto Moroni, promising that he would covenant, and also his people with them, if they would spare the remainder of of their lives, that they would never come to war against them again. And it came to pass that Moroni caused that the work of death should cease again among the people. And he took the weapons of war of the Lamanites, from the Lamanites, and after they had entered into a covenant with him of peace, they were suffered to depart into the wilderness. Now the number of their dead was not numbered because of the greatness of the number. Yea, the number of their dead was exceedingly great, both on the Nephites and on the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did cast their dead into the waters of Sidon, and they have gone forth and are buried in the depths of the sea. And the armies of the Nephites, or of Moroni, returned and came to their houses and their lands, and thus ended the eighteenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, and thus ended the record of Alma, which was written upon the plates of Nephi. So we have this uh, battle here with the Nephites and Lamanites, and showing uh, what a great leader Moroni is, and in defending his people, but not wanting to, to have bloodshed, but just to end the conflict. And this is how he does it. And uh, this is translated material that we're reading from, and that this is, uh, this is uh, truly uh, scripture that we're reading. I bear testimony to this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Maybe? I hope. See ya.